Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Once again, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Land. David, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, it's it's just a great. Once again, I just can't say enough how exciting it is to have IndyCar back. Uh, Indy Lights just finished. You want me to break some news? Please do. Zachary Clayman won the first race. Of course, he raced last year in IndyCar. Is Zachary Clayman DeMello? He decided to step down to Indy Lights, and it looks like it was a good decision because he took the first win of the season. Yeah, talented driver, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a couple of drivers do that in the past, and, you know, I've always said for these young drivers, the number one thing they need is seat time, and if there's not a, a, a seat open in IndyCar, why not keep, uh, you know, keep a seat warm in Indy Lights just to get that track time, right? It's it's not a bad decision, and you don't see many people do it. I know Zach Beach tried it once, and you, it's worked out for him, so... Uh, it, it could be a, a an advantageous thing, especially considering that you get a million bucks if you win the championship, and if you've already proven yourself in IndyCar, theoretically you should be able to to beat up on everybody in life. That's a good idea. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, getting back to the what's new in the 2019 paddock, um, looking well, uh, the breaking news this week was a uh, Patricio Award has got a ride. Uh, that was a great story. So uh, Patricio Award signed with Carlin Racing. Essentially, he's going to fill out the season in car number 23. That's the Charlie Kimball car uh, for, for this weekend and, and was full-time last year. Uh, Kimball uh, just couldn't get the funding together, and it didn't look like that car maybe was going to be full-time. They were able to put together the 13 events, uh, the remaining 13 events for uh, Patricio Award, and I have to say it's just a fantastic thing because I think we were all – really worried that uh, Pato wasn't going to get an opportunity and you know as not only the reigning lights champion but somebody who looks incredibly talented that was going to be a great shame and a great loss for IndyCar and I'm glad they avoided disaster on this one and the one that might scratch a couple heads I know Eddie Lapine who we're going to have later on this hour is aware of him through his WEC uh, uh, battles and that is the is that new 81 team with uh, Ben Hanley tell us a bit about them yeah, Dragon Speed. It's an interesting story. It's actually an American team owned by an American, Elton Julian. 
but they mainly race in Europe. In fact, they're, they're going to be at Sebring, uh, where I'll be next week uh, for the World Endurance Championship. They race in LMP1, of all things. You know, they race against the best of the best with, with Toyota over there, you know, head-to-head. And, and they've been struggling this weekend, there's no doubt about it. But uh, apparently they just took delivery of the car recently. They only have about 200 miles on it before this weekend. And uh, considering that they, as far as I'm aware, don't have any uh, technical alliance with another team, I mean, they are figuring it all out on their own. And uh, I wish them luck, but it is an up, it's going to be an uphill battle for them, at least this season. It certainly is. And uh, looking looking at some of the old 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 faces and in the same places, I guess uh, the one that kind of intrigues me is the thirty car with Sato, who of course had to win at Portland last year. And it'll be interesting interesting to see just how well does that team gel. Uh, Sato, of course, is over forty years old, which in, you know you know back in the when, when I was a kid in the seventies and eighties, that's when the driver is hitting his peak. But now perhaps uh, there you've become a quit. Uh, Maybe a just a tad bit long in the tooth, but uh, with 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 Sato, what 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 can we expect from that team this year? Well, I think you're seeing a lot of the teams that came on strong last year have carried that over into this year. Not only have you got Takuma Sato who won that race at Portland, uh, but also Ryan Hunter Ray right up at the front leading every session. He, he uh, won the last race of the season at Sonoma last year, uh, and, and I think you know I, I do. You know, I, I don't really subscribe to the theory that, that youth needs to constantly be served in, in, in racing. I think I think some of these old guys uh, can perform uh, up at the front, it's especially guys like Takuma Sato, who seem to be eternally young. I mean, it doesn't look like the guy's aged in, you know, 20 years. He looks like he's still, you know, ready to go racing in F1 uh, for, in terms of how well uh, how and what good shape he's in. And you mentioned an interesting uh, part uh, about that kind of offhandedly was that is that IndyCar has incredible consistency between this year and last year. I saw a stat uh, recently that said the top 10 in last year's championship all returned to the series and all remain with the same team. And that's pretty incredible in this day and age. It certainly is. I did not know that. And that's a, that's a pretty neat stat. Uh, a couple of drivers who are looking to get back into victory lane, and depending on the track, could do that is certainly Marco Andretti and Tony Kanan, a couple of fan favorites. So, what are we looking at those guys? Well, Marco, uh, Marco suddenly jumped to the top of the time charts yesterday. It was kind of weird because he he was pretty. He, they pretty much missed the mark uh, in in session one, but as soon as they got to session two, and he's kind of carried it over. Uh, to session three, we'll see what he does in qualifying. But uh, he was up near the top of the charts, and uh, you know, you never know with Marco. It always seems like he's right on the cusp of breaking through, and then and then he doesn't uh, follow through with it. Kanan, on the other hand, is always an interesting guy to look at uh, because it just seems like the, the further and further he gets down the line, it just seems like he's he's less competitive on on a whole throughout the season. But it almost seems like with age, he gets better at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And, of course, as we know for AJ, that's the uh, that's the race that matters. So as long as uh, Kanan's performing there, I don't think AJ is going to be too keen to get rid of him anytime soon. And then uh, Simon or Sebastian Bourdais in the 18 car, uh, just a guy just continues to look so good. Just It seems when you, when you, when you want to count him out, he comes back in and – Next thing you know, he's in victory lane. 
Well, he's he's twice won this race. Yes. He's, he's won it back to back years. He's going for th- three in a row. Unfortunately, he has not had a lot of pace this weekend. Of course, that's what happened the last two years, and we saw where he ended up at the end of the uh, at the end of the weekend. So maybe that's another good sign for Sebastian Bourdais. But he he could be a championship contender uh, as we get down to it. He's going to need some luck, and he hasn't had a whole lot of that in the last couple of years. But uh, I, I think that he could surprise some people. And you had your uh, IndyCar, not IndyCar primer, just brain fart here, uh, what you called it. You had an excellent uh, video on your, your YouTube channel about talking about uh, uh, the IndyCar season and the teams. Uh, t- tell us a bit what who we can expect coming this May at Indianapolis. That was the bandwagoners. The bandwagoners, yeah, was it, yep. Yes, um, uh, so... Uh, we, it looks like we're going to have somewhere in the range of 37 to 38 cars. It's going to depend on a couple of folks being able to put together some last-minute funding. Um, but we've, we have 33 already. Uh, they just recently announced uh, Sage Karam at Dryer and Reinbold and uh, James Davison at uh, Dale Coyne Racing running their third car uh, with the, the Jonathan Bird team as well involved in that. So. It's it's looking very very healthy for the Indianapolis 500, and and if you think about it, just two years ago they had to let James Davison uh, into the show be, uh, without qualifying. Uh, they only had 32 qualifiers, and they they gave a provisional start uh, to to the first driver since something like 1923. So that says something about the growth of the series right there. That the struggle for uh, car counts, at least in terms of the Indy 500, is pretty much in the past. And of course, I thought it was pretty cool with uh, Pippa Mann and her ride uh, with the Clausen Marshall team uh, running this year. And, and a lot of people were like, "Well, they, they should put one of their sprint car drivers in that." And you know, Clausen and, and Pippa Mann were teammates, and uh, she's in very uh, she's involved with a lot of the same charities that the team is involved with. And and I, I told a friend of mine, "Well, it's kind of strange that they you know they put Pippa in the car." I said. You can say a lot of things about Pippa, but one thing you can do is that the the, the car is going to come back with four wheels with Pippa, isn't it? Yeah, she's she's experienced, and, and experience does matter around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, is she the fastest driver? No, I, I even think she wouldn't tell you know go up to you and say, "Well, I'm the fastest here." Uh, she has been able to qualify for the race in the past when there has been a threat of being bumped before, so I wouldn't necessarily count her out. Um, but but yeah, I mean there, there's no there's no smoke and mirrors there. She she's she brings money to the team. Uh, she's able to work sponsorship deals like with Driven to Save Lives, and obviously there's a connection there with the Clawson family as well. But it seems like that team is has the intention of eventually bringing short track drivers mm-hmm. to the 500 again. So uh, if it means that Pippa Man has to take that seat for a couple of years to get them financially solid, I don't see why people are complaining about it. Right, and you certainly don't want to put a kid, uh, you know, a young kid with uh, minimum rear engine experience, at Indy in itself. But then again, to put them with an inexperienced team, that's really throwing them in, in the deep end of the pool. I don't think you're doing any any uh, favors to a, a, any driver by doing that. So the the Pippa man, you know, some people say, "Oh, I can't believe." Well, you know what? It's it's a safe. It's a safe and smart choice at this point where you, you know where that program is, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a new team and a new car. I mean, why are you complaining about it? This is the thing, and I know I'm a Buddy Lazier fan, but people were complaining about Buddy Lazier coming to the to the 500 a couple of years ago, and I'm like, well, would you rather him just 
just staying pack up and stay in Colorado? I mean, what? Right. Why are you complaining about people entering the race? Isn't that what we want? It, it, that one, that one always makes me scratch my head when people criticize or, or ask why a person's entering the Indy 500. I'm like, is it? Isn't it obvious? <laughs> Yeah, certainly is. Uh, to tell us what's the latest on your uh, YouTube channel at David Land. It's David and then L A N D. Well, we've been cranking up the IndyCar coverage. Um, I'm going to have a full review of the uh, St. Petersburg race. Hopefully, just a couple hours after the uh, after the race. I'm kind of planning on changing the format. Last year, when I was doing the IndyCar reviews, they'd be uh, like the day after. But I think it's almost better to do it Speed Channel style, uh, quote unquote, to have it. Uh, more timely. So that's what I'm going to try to do. That's what I'm going to try to commit to. Uh, so if you want some post-race discussion, uh, some analysis, uh, be, sure, be sure to tune in. And as ever, make sure you put a comment on one of his videos uh, and, and give him some feedback, and that's real important on YouTube. So, David, once again, thank you for joining uh, the radio show, and uh, we'll look forward to talking more about what happened, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow at St. Pete next week. Absolutely, and didn't have you noticed, Steve? I took your advice. I started uh, moving the cars around in the background, so yes. uh, you you can uh, have things to look at now. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate it. And once again, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll be talking with Will Buxton, and uh, who just wrote a new book, "My Greatest Defeat: Stories of Heartache and Hope." from Motor Racing's Finest Heroes. So looking forward to talking to Will coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, the legendary... Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline via Skype, we're hoping this is going to work, it is Will Buxton for for, <laughs> from Formula One fame. Welcome to the show, Will. Thank you very much. How are you? Really good. You're coming in crystal clear. We love it. Thank, thankfully, everything works Excellent. out. <laughs> there's, there's some trepidation in the studio. You're like, is this thing going to work out? Yeah, brother? you could say that. <laughs> So welcome to the show, Will. We certainly appreciate you coming on. And uh, you're, of course, in England, and it's, I think, what, it's about 7 o'clock there, just after dinner for you, right? And uh, it, it is, just after just after rugby time. <laughs> great, great. And uh, you just came out with a new book. It's it's called My Greatest Defeat, and it, it's an interesting uh, subject because you're, you're talking about some of the greats in the world of motorsports and just what is their um, what is their greatest defeat? And I suppose it's about them overcoming obstacles in their life, isn't it? Absolutely. The the crazy thing with it is that it's actually got very little to do. Um, some of the stories are about racing, but the more I went into talking to these guys about the moment that they hit rock bottom, the more that we learn it's it's actually not got anything to do necessarily with being in a race car it's it's about what happens when they take the helmet and the the race suits off and are back in the real world and how they deal with the realities of of things they might not have dealt with um in their lives so it's it's been amazing to learn about sides to these great that i never um but also and I, i hope something that the book might do is it helped me very much to look back on my life 
and things that I've been through and think it helps me to understand why this part of my life happened in the way it did and why I reacted in the way that I did. Um, and hopefully, you know, you know, to those that are reading the book, they might be able to take some some lessons out of what these great heroes have been through in their own lives, um, you know, hopefully in order to, to, to help them with, with theirs. Who was the one subject or one, one person you spoke to that really surprised you the most in this book? Oh, man, that's been the great thing about the uh, about the whole process is some of the guys I knew before, particularly obviously the, the Formula One guys who I, I spend most of my time around. The, the real surprises came with people I'd never met before, people like Bobby Unser, um, people like Jeff Gordon or Jimmy Johnson uh, or from the world of rally, people like Ari Vatanen or Carlos Sainz. They were they were truly incredible stories. Um, and. Taught me, as I said, you know, something about them uh, that, that that I never knew before. I think Jeff Gordon was a big surprise to me because clicked and and I sort of felt this massive affinity with this guy I'd never met before. Obviously, I'd watched him race and grown up with this specter of Jeff Gordon, the absolute legend. And to meet him and realize we had a lot of similarities in our life was was kind of astonishing. <laughs> And what 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 type of similarities were there that you you two found out that you both like? <laughs> we both. I mean, it, it's really funny. We got to the end of the interview, and I sort of said, you know, with the exception of the four Winston Cups, our lives have been very very similar. And he kind of laughed and he giggled, and it, it basically just about the paths that our life uh, had taken to get us to to where we were in terms of family and the choices that we'd made to, you know, to be where we were, and. Um, Jeff's story is, is a very human one. Jeff's story is all about um, life and love and divorce, ultimately. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and those choices that we make when we think we're taking one path and actually, we, you know, our life is actually setting us on a different path. So that was a that was an incredible story um, from from him. And his manager was actually really annoyed because when he read it back, he's like, Damn it, Jeff! Why didn't you give me this for the autobiography? That would have been really good. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. So how how long did did it take you to write this book? How long of a project has this been for you? Eighteen, 18 months. Uh, so start to finish, eighteen months uh, doing all of the interviews. And I could have gone on. I could have carried on going for years and years and years. But when I got to twenty, I just said, you know, look, that's that's where we've got to set our limit because otherwise this thing's going to turn from a book into a a tome you know it's going to be three inches thick and weigh a ton and uh you know it's the kind of thing that once i started it i never wanted to stop because it was so fascinating but what that has done is it's you know by no means is this a complete list of the greats of our sport um and by not limiting it just to you know one type of or one series in our sport it's opened up uh, many avenues as well you know this covers formula one indycar le mans nas car um and trying to fit those championships into 20 drivers is really really hard so you know there are some greats that i didn't get to interview because there just wasn't time or wasn't the space that i already want to line up if if this thing sells well and they want to do a volume two you know i want to talk to parnelli jones i want to talk to aj foyt i want to talk to jackie x i want to talk to these guys i didn't get to for this first book um that's not to say that those in this first book are not great. They are, you know, some of the verifiable legends of our sport. The, you know, Alan Prost and Bobby Unser and 
uh, Tom Christensen and Emanuele Pirro, as I've already said, uh, uh, guys like Mario Andretti, Emerson Fittipaldi, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been amazing, I think, as well, that the great heroes and great legends of our sport have opened themselves up uh, and been so honest and so raw and given a side of themselves, a very emotional side of themselves um, and a very honest side of themselves that you don't often get to see. And I thought the the other thing that's really interesting is is how the book is illustrated and and tell us how you came up with it. You actually have a a, a graphic artist that came up with uh, some of the illustrations in it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it started off as a labor of love, and I never had any guarantee that it was going to get published. And so taking it to what I thought would be its logical conclusion was that I would have to self-publish. And then you think, well, how am I going to how am I going to illustrate it? Well, I can't afford to pay for the photographs because I'm never going to be able to afford a Getty or, you know, someone like that. Sure. So I thought, well, how do I get around this? And through social media, um, I had a guy who was following me and I ended up following him, uh, a guy called Gary. Um, uh, Gary Mirianu, who uh, is uh, basically sort of known as the top Warner Brothers uh, PR guy. And he's a guy who deals with Warner Brothers comic books and cartoons. So he used to PR the Animaniacs back in the day. Um, totally awesome. And I said to him, look, dude, I am thinking about getting illustrated. Can you help me? And the next day, he literally walked into Marvel Comics and said, yo, anyone here like motor racing? And this guy put his hand up and he went over and explained it to him and said, so this guy's writing a book, needs some illustrations doing. And the guy's like, oh, okay, cool. What's it about? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, who's it by? And Gary said, oh, Will Buxton. And Camo, the artist goes, oh, the guy from NBC. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the guy from NBC. He's like, yeah, I'm in. And Camo never asked for a dime. So uh, Camo and I are in this together. We've worked on it for 18 months um and so every penny we make we were um you know that's uh that's that's for him because he believed in this uh this project together with me so we we're splitting it you know we, we've done it all uh just for the love of it really over the last 18 months and the illustrations uh, each chapter will start with a bespoke illustration that he's done uh of each of the drugs and this is the guy who doesn't usually illustrate motor racing. He's the chief penciler on The Amazing Spider-Man. He's the chief penciler on Darth Vader for Marvel Comics. So it's it's very unique, something that I don't think has ever been done with a with a motor racing book. And it's it's beautiful when you see them. They're just they love and it's it's images of them today. So it's them as old men looking back on their lives and saying, This is what this is what I've learned. That sounds like good stuff. And how does one get the book? Uh, you can get it online. Evro Publishing, E-V-R-O Publishing uh, are the publishers. So you can uh, pre-order it with them. Or if you want to go through the more commercial route, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, so it's on Amazon.com as well. And they, they do beautiful work, of course. So that's the publishing house that, that did uh, Brian, Redmond, Brian Redmond's book and also the, uh, David Hobbs' book. Of course, and it's it's an honor to be, you know, in the same stable as, you know, as my dear friend Hobbo, um, absolutely amazing, and so many authors who I, I just massively respect, uh, someone like David Tremaine, who's been my uh, my mentor for my whole career. Um, yeah, to be on the on the same page as him is, is, is pretty something. Are, are we going to see you in the States this summer? 
Oh, I hope so. I really, really hope so. Obviously, I'll be over for Austin uh, for the Grand Prix, but I really want to try and get over for a couple of IndyCar races. Um, we're going to be p- uh, promoting the book uh, stateside as well. So hopefully doing a couple of signings uh, around the States. I have no idea where. I have no idea when. Uh, but <laughs> I hope uh, I really want to get over at least twice this year outside of Austin um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and come and, uh, you know, maybe do a couple of evenings with where we can just come and have a chat and get everyone together and talk about all things motor racing. And uh, that would be really nice. I'd really like that. Very good. Well, Will, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Of course, we were talking with Will, Will Buxton. And make sure you go get the book. And uh, we'll, of course, have the information on the Final Inspection Facebook page. And we'll also get some, get some tweets out to push the book for you. And thanks for thanks for your time, Will. Appreciate it. I really, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. All right. That is Will Buxton on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Eddie Lapine from uh, RacingNation.com and get find out what's going on at Amelia Island in Florida today. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com and get your 2019 season pass. And plus, David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com. Where do you Where do you find these songs, Steve? It's just a little, you know. Can't. <clears throat> I don't have a problem with it. I'm I like just... <laughs> you. Got to keep things different. You know, you got. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know, just. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Always something exciting on the final inspection show. You betcha. Of course, uh, the mayor, Mitch Ross, in the house. Us. In, in the, the house, as Jeff Orlowski is in Arizona, shaking, uh, shaking yeah. Craig Council around the diamonds. Yeah, yeah. I and heard him. I heard him take a shot at you last week, saying he's Steve's out with uh, his highfalutin friends, and now Jeff is uh, yes. doing the same. Yes, he is. So, um, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank. The man, the man who, who's always once again finding himself where all the beautiful people are. Of course, it is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, it's great to be here. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fantastic. We just talked to Will Buxton, so we're, we're, we're going around the world today. We were just in England. Now we're down in Florida. And, of course, you're at the 24th Annual Amelia Island Concourse d'Elegance. And uh, it's one of – it's probably – the place to be this weekend, besides, of course, St. Pete or Phoenix for NASCAR. And uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, probably it's, it's a concourse and, and much more, isn't it? Uh, uh, tell us a bit about it's that. Just, it's just amazing. I'm standing right now. Uh, they're lining Jackie Eakes' cars up for the photo shoot. I just was in the way, and they just yelled at me to move over. <laughs> um I'm already, you know, you know, wherever I go, I get in trouble. So. <laughs> but they just rolled out his, his IROC car um, and his Ferrari 312 that he shared with Mario and Ford GT that he won Le Mans. It's just, I, I'm out of words, if you can believe it or not, Steve. Uh, it's, it's just unbelievable, the weather after a couple of years of struggling with weather and things down here, it is just amazing. The weather's great, and 
the crowd is just amazing. All gathering. Uh, they had a conference earlier today with the 962 and Alvin Singer and Derek Bell, and Jackie Eakes, Jochen Moss, all the great legends that drove those cars in the 80s, uh, talking about old stories of, of r- racing against each other. And uh, just a wonderful weekend down here. And, of course, uh, the Amelia Island Concourse is just north of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Beautiful location. And, of course, the 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 anchor of Amelia Island, is, of course, is the Ritz-Carlton, uh, which where the Amelia Concourse is uh, centered around. And I, I do like this. Uh, I, uh, the, they have some quick tips for you to uh, for for fans that come out to the show. Bring a pen for autographs. Motorsports celebrities, television stars, even a few musicians or two will likely be spotted. So, uh, who are some of the people you, you've you've well, seen down I there? I mean, well, I mean, John Oates is doing a national anthem tomorrow. John Oates from Hall and Oates. Yeah, and he's got a couple cars down here and. I've been so busy running around chasing these drivers and, and, uh, you know, I mean, just trying to make these conferences and Ray Everham is. Yeah. Tell us about that. Ray, Ray Everham fan of the show. And, uh, uh, he, he gave a, uh, uh, kind of a, um, kind of a speech or, uh, thing down there. Tell us a bit about that. He was in a conference talking, you know, about twisting the rules and, you know, all the gray areas. And the first thing I asked him was, uh, can you tell us how you got Jeff Gordon, all those wins and championships, but no comments. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Ray's a great guy. He, I met him a number of years ago down here, and he is bitten by the bug. I mean, he has that show, Restorating Cars. Mm-hmm. And... He's just—he's a collector. He, he loves the history of the sport, and he's got a great. He'll be judging. I mean, a lot of these guys down here are judging cars this weekend. Derek Bell. I mean, usual Hurley Haywood because he lives down the street, and you know, Brumos will have cars, their Porsches. But I don't know what the number is for the 962s. But there is a lot of 962s. They're actually rolling in. The Ford GT, the the golf colored Ford GT, the number six car that he won Le Mans in right now. And hmm. you can maybe hear the engine exhaust at least of them driving it in. So you don't and, know where to start down here, right? And of course, uh, it was uh, Ray Everham uh, did a seminar yesterday. The unfair advantage racing around the rules. So. And uh, Ray has certainly uh, done that over years, and the uh, some of the, uh, the 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 of course the most famous one was uh, for the Winston a few years ago was at the T Rex car I think they called where NASCAR says we'll let you race but don't ever bring this to a racetrack ever again. So uh, yeah, Ray was one who was uh, able to push the rules, and at a time when that was kind of it was frowned upon, but it's not like today, is it, uh, uh, Eddie? Certainly was oh, totally. a different time in NASCAR. Wow. And I think we're There's definitely zero tolerance now compared yeah. to even like when Alan Kowicki raced. And, sure. You know, I mean, it's it's like Alan would do like little things like uh, have extra weight under the seat of his race seat and actually uh, Bondo and 
plaster in the side of his driver's door. And, you know, they don't do that now. Yeah. There's zero tolerance. So, I mean, and it's, you know, it's just the way racing has changed in, in every form. I mean, you know, I was talking to Jackie about, uh, you know, the balance of performance. And, you know, they didn't have that back then. No. And, of course, so. uh, the the Melia uh, Concourse has a foundation which has donated uh, $3.45 million to the Community Hospice and Palliative Care Center uh, in Florida, and it's been doing that since 1996. I see some, uh, your your buddy Justin Bell is down there, along with Alan DeCadenate. Uh Any other uh, fellows we should know about? Hobble's down there, I guess. You told me that he was going to be down there. Hobble was in the 962, and he was signing his books. Uh, Brian Redman. Um, God, I can't even... I, I'm having a brain fade here. Too many um, to mention. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure tomorrow morning there's going to be a lot of people out early, uh, getting an early glimpse, as you well know, being here, Steve, sure. that, you know, the, the earlier you get here, you want to, because by 10 o'clock, uh, the 18th hole at the Ritz-Carlton, uh, you won't even know it's a golf course. <laughs> there's that many people there. It certainly is. And how? And the weather is, uh, how's the weather down there today and tomorrow? To be. Oh, it's, I mean, it's Chamber of Commerce weather right now. It's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's just, I got a, you know, like a, a, a not a sweatshirt, but just, a, but everybody from up north has a t-shirt on. So that should kind of be an indicator of how the weather is here. All right. Tell you what, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll be talk more with Eddie Lapine. RacingNation.com, and uh, we'll also get our race predictions for the weekend. Final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and of course David Hobbs Honda. Of course, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine. But before we get there, well, I got some uh, house cleaning to do. Of course, some uh, uh, interesting, uh, scary news coming out of uh, California. Uh, USAC driver Tanner Thorson uh, remains in the hospital following a multi-car accident on uh, Highway 99 in Modesto, Monday morning that this occurred. Uh, he's, he's, he's undergone surgery uh, to repair a broken foot, and he also had had surgery on a broken left arm. He's also uh, had a collapsed lung. He got busted up pretty good, and it sounds like he was in, a, in his uh, hauler, and he collided with another truck. And, you know, we've heard stories about this, Eddie, in the past with uh, so many cars or trucks and transporters going around, and especially the USAC guys, the World of All guys, these guys that run weekly, uh, not only weekly, but, you know, will run three, four times a week. I'm really surprised this doesn't happen uh, more, isn't it, with, uh, you know, so much. It's a lot of stress to be getting up early in the morning. You go to the racetrack, you race at the racetrack, and then you got to get the hauler home. You know, it, it can get pretty dicey, can it? Well, I totally get it because I remember when I was racing and I remember running 
a couple nights a week down in Florida with the Legends cars, and me driving the car to the back to the shop and falling asleep at the wheel. Um, it, it happens, and thank God I woke up while I was uh, before I hit the ditch. Yeah, you know? it's and, uh, not you know, fun. I mean, it do- it doesn't take much, especially you know if you got a, a hauler with a lot of weight in the back or something, and you know I mean it takes you know I've been in that situation a couple times, and uh, it, it's a rude awakening. You keep saying it'll never happen again, and I guess that's why God created Five Hour Energy. I right. hope they can maybe uh, sponsor the show next week because I'll tell you, you know, it, it's it's not good chasing around town and i mean across the states and racing four or five nights a week like he was uh i i wish the best i hope uh, a speedy recovery and you know uh it's dangerous out there and it's dangerous just as it is now just driving right so with with kids and that on their uh, with their on their iphones and whatnot uh, a lot of distracted drivers and you gotta be careful out there uh, cards and well wishes and donations can be made at Tanner Thorson. Uh, they, they have information on that on the USAC website. We also posted it on our uh, on our Facebook page at the TFI uh, final inspection page. So if you want to send a card or maybe a donation to Tanner Thorson and his family, I know they could uh, certainly appreciate it. And uh, a feel-good moment uh, in St. Pete, Eddie, when uh, Robert Wickens uh, made his return to the paddock, IndyCar paddock at St. Pete, and uh, certainly uh, 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 an inspiring situation as, as, as he's fighting his, his way back, uh, not only do you get into a race car, but just to walk again. And we're seeing, we're seeing these incremental small, uh, small progress he's making and how hard he's working. And it certainly is an inspiration seeing him in the paddock, isn't it? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, it's uh, you know how much he's been working on social media. You see him at the physical therapy, and you know anybody that's experienced uh, a knee surgery and has has to rehab from that knows that this is beyond sure. how he's fighting. I mean, beyond the the courage that you see. I mean, you, you know, even like. Uh, you know, a month ago at Daytona with Alex Zanardi, you know, what he's gone through and where he's come from. And uh, those guys are, you know, fighters. And he said he's going to walk again. So, I mean, it's great to see him there. I mean, that, you know, is a great inspiration. Uh, That crash, um, you know, he's just lucky to even be alive. Yeah, I saw a thing. Uh, Martin Fennerly did a story on him in the Tampa Bay Times, and he kind of did a thing on on, on Wickens. I thought it was interesting. He also kind of did a, a thing on why do they why do race drivers race? And we we you know anybody who's been in, in auto racing long enough has has seen stories like this in the past. And uh, you know he goes uh, he says why it, it's the question that never deserves deserts us as we watch him violently whiz past us before disappearing. There's a lot of disappearing in the sport too, unfortunately. He goes, I watched uh, men die in race cars at racetracks. Uh, he brings up uh, Dale Earnhardt, and he also brought up uh, uh, Paul Dana too uh, that was killed at Homestead uh, many years ago. And, and you know, he asked Danica Patrick, you know, why, why, why do drivers do this? And she goes, well, why do you even ask that? 
And I mean, it, it, it's it's a different breed. It, it's something that, you know, drivers, you know, are aware of the risks and they've made that decision and they move forward. And Wickens certainly has done that too. And, and he, you know, if it was Wickens, he wouldn't change anything. You know, it, it's just an unfortunate thing. And, and drivers are ready to accept it. And you know, I see this with, with not only race car drivers, but I've seen this in pilots too. I saw a thing last night on John Denver. And John Denver was a very uh, experienced pilot, and his father was a pilot too, multi-engine uh, uh, you know, pilot, and, and he was raised in aviation, and was his, one of his goals was to be the first civilian to go into space. And he was actually one of the people considered to, to, to do that before they made the decision to uh, put up uh, Christy, Christy McAuliffe, the teacher, who unfortunately was on a Challenger mission, and uh, they asked him shortly after that happened, would you still do it? He goes, I, without a doubt, I would go tomorrow. And, you know, you could see kind of like people are like, wow, you know, and that, that's that's a difference. And for, unfortunately, we lost John Denver in a plane crash, but he had told people when your time is up, it's up. And if I die in a plane crash, so be it. So, I mean, he, he had weighed the risks. And, and as, as race drivers have, we certainly have seen this uh, being a long uh, – being a – around the sport as long as we have, uh, Eddie, haven't we? Well, it's just part of the sport. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's not going to happen to me. I mean, you know, that's that's the way they look at it when they put their helmet on and strap in and, and go. I mean, you don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I've seen it with me in go-kart racing even back in the 90s up in Wisconsin. I, I saw it back then. You know, I mean, I've lost a couple friends that I raced against. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does happen, you know. I mean, and you don't think it's going to happen to you, and you, you really don't think about it when you're on the track. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's just part of the, it's part of the sport. People accept it. Um, Wiccan's crash was just horrible, and how he's putting it behind him and moving forward is amazing, just like Alex Minardi's crash. The same thing. These guys... They put it behind them and they move forward and it's amazing, you know, and race drivers, you know, there are a different breed of people. That's basically all you can say. Yeah. Next week, of course, we have one of the grueling tests of sports car endurance racing. Of course, it's the North America's oldest endurance race. It's the Moto mobile one, 12 hours of Sebring. And, uh, you'll be there. And of course, uh, our other correspondent, uh, David Land from YouTube will be there. We need to get you two together. Uh, should be interesting. We're looking like we're getting should have about thirty eight cars uh, for the event. And uh, what are some of the the things we need to look for uh, next week at Sebring, Eddie? Well, I mean, we also have WEC running uh, Friday night, uh, the the day before the twelve hour okay. Sebring. There's a thousand kilometer race starting with Fernando Alonso and the Toyota prototype is probably the main, I want to say character that's going to be racing in that race with, along with the factory, a, of course, of Ferraris and the GT class, the cars that run at the 24 hour of Le Mans sure. will be running Friday. And, uh, it's going to be exciting. There's, uh, several drivers doing double duty, the Corvette team with, uh, Jan Magnuson, who we've had on the show, and uh, Antonio Garcia and Mike Rockefeller are doing both races, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's going to be real. I mean, Michelin, I, I don't know if you've talked to Tony lately, but 
they're going to have more tires for that race than a 24-hour Le Mans. There's more cars. Wow. And that's you know that they need tires for right. Sebring is such an abrasive, uh, such an abrasive uh, track with you know it's been around since well it originally was a World War II training uh, bomber base back in the day, but very very rough track and they they've they, there's different patches there's different you know different uh, oh that, you know there's see, a, there's that track is that track is the most brutal track and if you talk to Doctor Ulrich from Audi and Reinhold Yost. That is their dyno. That is their test track. They mm-hmm. use that for their home test track. And if you can do 12 hours at Sebring, you could do 24 hours at Le Mans, basically. And that's a quote from them. Yeah, I thought this is an interesting quote here. Uh, a total of 13 different manufacturers are represented at uh, and represented it in each uh, at least one class, and every car in the field, of course, as you mentioned, will be riding Michelin tires. So we have eleven Daytona prototypes in two LMP2 machines, uh, in eight GT uh, GT Le Mans uh, entries, and of course, seventeen GT Daytona race cars. So should be a pretty cool race, and uh, looking forward to uh, for you reporting live from Sebring next week, Eddie. I will be reporting live from Sebring and John Gore's line sweet. Oh, as long as, he, as long as he doesn't throw you out, make sure you tell him I said hi. I'm going to clear it before I, uh, <laughs> you know, there's no talking on your phone in his, in his right. uh, suite, but uh, we cleared that up, so I'm good to go. Excellent. So. And let, let's get some picks here. Uh, Eddie, who's your pick for uh, Phoenix? Harvick. Harvick? That's a good pick. Yeah. And uh, how about uh, St. Pete? Man, I've been thinking about that all day. I I haven't even looked at the timesheets, but I want to go with uh, – I'm going to go with uh, Will Power. Okay. Very good. And uh, I, I, I was just talking to Mitch earlier, and he, he was kind of looking in that direction too. So it be inter- inter- interesting to see. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Ryan Blaney in Phoenix – and then uh, for St. Pete, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go uh, upset. I'm going to go Felix Rosenquist. I think it's going to be a surprise, and he's going to come out and boom. Uh, he, he's going to get the win first time out. That kid is – I think he's going to be – they showed something in practice. I did yep. see that. And he's going to win a race this year. I'll oh, yeah. tell you that. Yep. The kid is the real – he's going to take off. Uh, right after Wickens. I mean, the kid is going to be good. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you next week. I look forward to it, too, guys. Have a, have a great weekend. That was Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local, common-sense lending to your community since 1935. And uh, thanks, Mayor Mitch, for coming in today. We certainly appreciate you uh, producing the show. Yes, sir. No problem. It's always fun. And uh, Coming up tonight on The Fan, we have the Pick and Save Milwaukee Probes postgame show, Bucks and Hornets, tip-off at 8 o'clock. Marquette doing battle uh, with Georgetown on Senior Day right now. That one's tight. It's early in the game, so we'll see um, what happens. But note the late tip-off for the Bucks tonight at 8 o'clock. They have to get the Marquette floor up off the ground and then place the Bucks. So it takes them a couple, couple
couple of hours. So we were going to have Tony Dezino on the show today, and he's like, uh, I'm, "I'm at the Marquette game." I'm at the he? Marquette game. I said, "No problem. I understand. Yeah. They have a good team this year, so enjoy." Yeah, Marquette so, is uh, on a bit of a skid, but um, yeah, we'll see. They they Looking obviously to the are uh, gunning for a three seed in the tournament, I would think, and. With uh, Villanova losing today in the Big East, yep. Marquette's hopes for the number one seed back in the Big East are um, kind of alive and well, I guess. And at, at, at this point, assuming uh, they win today, at this point, the Bucks is must see basketball. I, I saw a thing on my Facebook timeline that uh, myself and Matt Regatius did the post game show, I think, four years ago. Really? And it was certainly a different time. We had Giannis and his, uh, was a rookie, and uh, we were talking about Ish Smith, who had come off the bench and had a big game, and we've facetiously oh, said that, we were trumping up ish smith so and we ish had a, smith would have been before Giannis, i think that would have been he was part of the that? tobias harris trade was he yeah with the, with the magic so the it was ish it was it was JJ certainly Redick different and, times when uh, uh matt and i did the post game show to where we are now so uh yeah the bucks are certainly it's a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of fun too with the brewers coming up Things are looking good for Milwaukee sports yeah, fans. So definitely. We certainly appreciate you listening to the Final Inspection Show. We'll chat with you next week. this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey